everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Enlighten Me podcast. This is an Enlighten Me mini episode, meaning that it's just a short segment with just me, but I wanted to continue to dedicate this month to raising awareness about racism in our country and really everywhere. And so for this Enlighten Me mini, I'm going to give you an example of what systemic racism looks like. I think this is an important topic because I've heard a lot of people say, well, I'm not racist, so the things going on right now don't really affect me or apply to me. And while I'm really glad to hear that you are not racist, I think it's important that we recognize how much of our country has been built on racism. You've probably heard the phrase before that this country was built on the backs of slaves. And yes, slavery was a long time ago. But as we all know, we have to study our history for a reason, right? There's a reason that history is a class that we have to take in school, and it's because it still affects us today. So systemic racism can be kind of complicated, but really what it means is that there are things in our systems, right, in our policies, in our laws, in our government, in the way that our society has been built that are racially prejudiced, okay? So they have been built in a way that oppresses or brings down people of color and in a way that makes things a little easier if you are white. Again, I'm not calling you racist if you're listening, and, you know, I really don't even like using that word because it turns so many people away because they don't want to think that they are racist. And so please don't let that word hurt you or intimidate you from learning, but it's just about recognizing, again, what our country was built upon. I also want to be really upfront that I am a white girl. I don't know entirely what I'm talking about. I don't know my history all that well, but I do know what I've been able to learn in classes that I've taken in college and also from the people around me who are different than me and who do know their history a little better than I do. So I just want to take this time to acknowledge that I'm not going to say this all perfectly and I'm going to ask for your forgiveness on the front end. And I'm also going to ask that if you hear me say something that you think is incorrect or that is possibly offensive, please educate me because just like you, I am here to learn. Anyways, I wanted to go on and give you an example of what systemic racism looks like because, again, this is a mini episode, so I don't fully have time to explain everything that systemic racism entails, but for those of you who are questioning what this means or does it even really exist or thinking, hey, we're so far removed from slavery, how is this still a thing? Black people are not oppressed, people of color are not underprivileged, white people are not privileged. If you're thinking any of those thoughts, I just wanted to share this with you to give you a new perspective on things, okay? It might get you thinking, and really, I think what it will reveal is that we all have stereotypes, right? And those are based off of things that we might think are true, but they're not always the truth. And maybe we have those stereotypes because of the way that our society has been built. So I hope this gets you thinking, and I hope it gives you a good example of what systemic racism really means. And it can even get you thinking about other things in our society that really are systemically based on past prejudice. So just to give you a little brief history, we all know that slavery was abolished in the late 1800s. And that means that around that time, slaves were set free, but they were given nothing, okay? So the slaves who were set free, they had their freedom and they had the chance to start a new life, but it's not like they were given money or loans or anything like that to start building their lives upon. So they really had to fight for themselves. And that scared a lot of white people. Most white people at the time did not view black people as equals. 
did not view any people of color as equals, and did not want to be associated with them. So in 1896, we had a very monumental Supreme Court case, Plessy versus Ferguson, and that established that people of color would remain separate but equal. So they were still free, but we did not want them around white people. We wanted them separate. So this started into the era of Jim Crow segregation. That was from the end of the Civil War until the 1960s when we had the Civil Rights Movement, and this meant that, again, people of color were segregated. One way that we saw this exemplified was in the housing industry, all right? So if you think about it, white people did not want to live near people of color. Even if they didn't believe that slavery should exist, a lot of white people still didn't want to live around black people or be associated with them. Again, a little history, we all know that in the 1920s, the Great Depression took place, and in the 1930s, FDR, Franklin D. Roosevelt, our president at the time, created his New Deal, which many of you have heard of, in order to help bring us out of the Great Depression and help with the housing crisis that was going on. Now, part of this was establishing housing projects for people who did not have money. These were for people of all races, but again, they were separated, so there were housing projects for white people and housing projects for people of color. According to an article published in The Atlantic in 2014, policies were introduced by the Federal Housing Administration that explicitly prevented black people from receiving home loans. This policy was meant to keep black people in certain neighborhoods and white people in other neighborhoods, a practice that is commonly referred to as redlining, meaning that the government literally drew maps of where black neighborhoods were and labeled them red, as in bad, and labeled white neighborhoods green, as in good. That meant that loan officers could give loans to people who lived in green neighborhoods and should avoid giving loans to people who lived in red neighborhoods, even if they were white but associated with black people. According to an NPR article from 2017, this was because the government understood that having black people in a neighborhood would bring down the property value of that neighborhood and of that home because racism was still so prevalent at that time. This is commonly referred to as white flight, meaning the fleeing of white people out of urban areas into the suburbs where they could buy homes with their housing loans. So really what this meant is that white people could move, they could buy homes in the suburbs, they could leave the city and leave the housing projects, whereas people of color could not. They were left in the projects, they were left in the urban areas, they were not granted the opportunity to receive loans even if they had a similar credit score based solely on the color of their skin. This was a real thing that happened. You can look it up on our government's own website and read about redlining and housing discrimination. There are also some books that explain it better that I will recommend here in a few minutes. But as we can see, this was discrimination based solely on race. This all started to come to an end, partly thanks to another monumental Supreme Court case, which most of us know, Brown versus Board of Education, which happened in 1954 and ruled that separate could not be equal. Now, this was dealing specifically with schools, which again are decided by neighborhood that you live in. But then we also had the Fair Housing Act in 1968, which made redlining illegal. Even though these practices are illegal now, we have to think about the generational effects that this held. In the early 1900s, when most of our parents or grandparents were alive, that's when this was taking place. So that means that possibly your parents, your grandparents, or even your great-grandparents had a better opportunity at a better home and a better neighborhood, which meant a better school for you or your parents or grandparents in that time. So what kind of effects does this hold? This decided what schools your parents went to, what kind of education they got, if and where they went to college, what kind of jobs they received afterwards, which all in turn affects you, right? 
And think about this, when you live in a good neighborhood, businesses see that. Businesses want to be a part of that good neighborhood, right? So you might get a nice new grocery store, or even better, a Whole Foods or another organic grocery store. When a neighborhood does well, it attracts more business, which in turn increases property value, meaning that you have a better chance to send your kids to college and to buy a newer and better house in an even better neighborhood. And it's just a cycle, meaning that white people had a greater chance to succeed financially and in the job market in the early 1900s, and also meaning that black people and other people of color had a worse chance of succeeding. They didn't have the same chance to send their kids to college or to get as good of jobs, or to even shop at as good of grocery stores and eat healthy food. This doesn't just affect them financially, but even health-wise and their life expectancy. Essentially what this means is the rich get richer and the poor get poorer, and the gap just continues to grow and grow and grow. You can read more about this in an article from the New Yorker in 2016 that I'll link, but really it's a pretty simple concept to understand because we continue to see the same thing today. According to an article from Nicole Hannah-Jones in 2012 found in ProPublica, she gives another good list of reading material that deals with this subject. But one thing she points out is that schools are even more segregated now than they were back then. So even though segregation is illegal, even though we know now that separate cannot mean equal, schools are still segregated simply because of where people live, and we can see that this is all a cause of what happened before our time. Something else that's interesting to consider is that many schools are funded by property taxes. According to the National Center for Education Statistics, updated in 2020, 34 out of the 50 U.S. states receive anywhere from 25% to 100% of their funding from property taxes. So this means that the nicer a neighborhood, the more money it has with it, the better the school system is going to be, the better the teachers they're going to get, the better the resources they're going to have, setting them up for a better education. So as most of us can see, nicer neighborhoods, nicer communities, which are usually located in the suburbs, they will have better resources and better chances that their student population goes to college, gets a degree, and gets a better job afterwards. And in the cities and the urban areas, where we often see the majority of the populations of people of color, they're receiving less resources and a worse chance of going to college even now. So I hope this gives you an example of how our sins from the past, meaning our government and our country as a whole, still affect us now. How this is a generational cycle and how for some of us, advantages that we have today have nothing to do with decisions that we've made or things that we've done, but really just who our parents were and who their parents were and where they got to live in the early 1900s. And if the government decided they were good enough to receive a loan back then. This is one example of many of systemic racism in our country. And I'm not saying it so that if you're white, you feel guilty about your advantages and your success. That guilt does nothing. That's not what anybody wants from you. But it's simply to recognize that maybe some stereotypes that you have about people of color are actually based on the sins of our forefathers. And it's meant to show you that not everybody does have an equal chance in this country. Systemic racism still has effects on us today. And though it might feel like a long time ago to us, it really wasn't that long. Before I go, I want to leave you with a few reading recommendations. As always, I will link everything I referenced in the show notes, including all the articles in case you want to read them. And another really good resource is Adam Ruins Everything, which I've referenced before. It's just a short YouTube clip that, in a sort of funny way, illustrates these concepts. So I'll put a link to that episode that's called The Disturbing History of the Suburbs. But a few other books I want to recommend if you want to learn more about this and more about systemic racism as a whole are... Between the World and Me by ta Coates, White Rage by Carol Anderson, and The Color of the Law by Richard Rothstein. 
those are just a few of many books that I would recommend you check out. I also had a really good interview that I reposted last week with my friend Justin Rose, where he talks about the achievement gap and what it's like to be a racial minority in college today. And I think that does a good job of continuing this conversation on systemic racism. So I just highly recommend that you keep getting educated on this topic. And I hope that I was able to enlighten you a little bit today. I also want to ask you for a favor before I go. As always, I ask that you leave a rating and a review for the show. It helps other people to find the show. It helps me feel better about what I'm doing. And it also helps others because I'm donating money for reviews that I receive right now. So please go do that on the iTunes app specifically. It only takes a few minutes, I promise. And while you're over there, make sure you subscribe to the show so you can get notified when a new episode is aired. Next week, which will officially be July, which is crazy, I'm going back to my regular posting schedule and we will be talking about sun protection since it's officially summer now and it is hot outside. We all need that sun protection, okay? So make sure you subscribe, leave that rating and review, and keep seeking to get enlightened. Peace out!